We have had an amazing Sunday filled with God's goodness. Oh my gosh, it's been so full today. From baby dedications, to sweet praise and worship, to the introduction of Courtney, praying for the groups that are going on mission trips. And guess what? God still has more to say. And I don't have much time, but I want to share with you a brief word that God gave me that I believe is going to explain who he has created us to be. So let's not waste any more time. Let's grab our Bibles and turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20. And it's on the screens, and I'm reading from the NIV version. And it says, In a large house there are articles, not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes, and some for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. Father, I pray right now that you would be with us as we hear from you. God, I pray that I would be decreased so that you may increase. God, I pray that our hearts will be open, our spirits will be wide so that we may receive a word from you. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. The title of my message this morning is Available to You. Available to You. Our message series these past weeks has been about the pursuit of godliness, being able to grow and mature in our walks of faith. And the great part about pursuing godliness is that no matter where you are in your walk with God, your pursuit of godliness never ends. It's a continuous cycle. It builds our faith muscles. The pursuit of godliness means becoming more and more devoted to God, having a transformed life that is more and more the us we were created to be. God created us to be devoted to his service to make ourselves available to the work that is needed to be done in his kingdom. And whether you like it or not, you've been set apart. And if I think about it, set apart really means that you've been plucked out of the ranks and placed into his service. Now to me, to be set apart by God, it's pretty awesome, it's pretty important. It's almost as if you're a VIP in God's eyes and everyone else is waiting in line to get into your party. 
but it's more than that. Because Luke chapter 12, verses 48 says, to whom much is given, much is required. God has given us so much. He's given us blessings. He's given us his favor. He's given us resources. He's given us family. He's given us friends. He's given us his spirit. He has given us salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. And what is it that he asks of us? For us to deny our wills and allow his will to be done. To be set apart means to be set aside for a specific service or purpose. Being set apart doesn't mean that we're better than someone or that we're special. Matter of fact, it actually means that God requires more of us. To be set apart means that you've been given a greater responsibility to the world that we live in. So when God sets us apart, he does so for two reasons. And so this morning, I'm going to give you two reasons why God sets his believers apart. The first reason why God sets his believers apart is for his purpose. God sets us apart for his purpose. Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. I love sports. I love sports. I love watching them. I love playing them. And I play them all through growing up. And for me, my journey through discovering which sport was most suited for me took some time. Now, I'm not sure if you've noticed, maybe you have, maybe you haven't, I'm not that tall. I'm not really that tall at all. And it didn't just happen overnight either. Like, I've been like this for a while. For at least 34 years, I have been this height. So you can imagine my discovery of finding which sport was for me, my height. It didn't really help much. So I tried basketball first. Everybody else was playing basketball. Hey, I can play too. I knew I could play sports because I had this undeniable speed. I was fast. I was beating boys, I was beating girls, I was beating boys and girls at the same time. I was fast. But when I played basketball, somehow my speed kept leaving the ball behind me. I would bounce the ball and I would go so fast and I would leave the ball. Then I tried volleyball. But somehow I just couldn't get the serve process. And I kept hitting the ball in the bleachers. <laughs> then I tried softball until I couldn't stop screaming every time the ball came driving at my face. So, so needless to say, balls and sports, that those ball sports just didn't work for me. Until 
I got introduced to track and field. Track and field became my thing. I was like a fish in water. I was winning. And I was winning so much that I got to play or run track in college. When God sets us apart, our purpose may not always get revealed instantly. Your purpose that God created for you doesn't always come right then. It takes some time, some trial and some error. But if you keep going, keep trying, it'll develop itself. I promise you, don't get discouraged. Don't give up. Because once that purpose is revealed to you, you will see a move of God like no other. God will use you to shift and change things, and you will see that you are in your purpose. So God does set us apart for his purpose. But the second reason why God sets us apart, it's a little harder to lean into. It's not always as easy to accept. God sets us apart, not just for his purpose, but also for his pleasure. Job chapter 2, verse 8 to 10. Then Job took a piece of broken pottery, scraped himself with it as he sat among the ashes. His wife said to him, are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. He replied, you are talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? In all this, Job did not sin in what he said. If you have never read the book of Job, I encourage you to do so. You will appreciate life so much more. You should read the book of Job. And if you haven't read the book, the basis of the story is that Job was a faithful man whom God allowed Satan to test because he knew he would end up on top. Job, though, man, he went through some serious hardships. He had a rough season, to say the least. His cattle died, so that's his money. All his cattle was gone. His sons and their wives all died. His entire body was covered in boils. Have you ever seen a boil? You should Google it and then imagine your entire body covered in them. And to make matters worse, his friends and his spouse taunted him the entire way. They nagged him the whole time. Now, I don't know if the nagging spouse was a part of the test or she was like that before, but I'm like, come on. You don't see my body covered in boils? We just lost 
our children and their spouses, all our money is gone and you're still nagging? It's like, what are you thinking? But guess what? Job remained faithful. He remained faithful. And spoiler alert, God, he restored him. He restored him to everything he had. Matter of fact, he gave him double. Gave him double for his trouble. You know, there are seasons in life when it feels like God's favor is all over everything you touch. Wherever your feet touch, it turns to gold. It feels like you are living your best life. It's like nothing could be even better than this. But then there are seasons when it's hard to even imagine God even being there. God allows us to go through seasons not because he's mean, not because he wants to punish us, and not because he's trying to balance our hardships with our blessings. No, God wants us to depend on him completely and fully. And it's hard because it seems like when you take two steps forward, you get pushed five steps back. It's like you get the car fixed and you get home and the water heater breaks down. You get the water heater fixed and your boss at work isn't acting right. You get on the same page with your boss and then you get home and your kid gets suspended from school. Your kid gets back on the up and right and then you and your spouse are at odds. Now you and your spouse are back in peace. And then you look in the mirror. Now you're cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. It's like, where is God in this? Having difficulties, though, keeps us humble. Because it keeps us looking towards the cross for support and wisdom. Looking towards God reminds us where our blessings come from. And it doesn't leave space for pride. Perhaps, perhaps, as daunting as it may seem, God is testing us to see how much we truly rely on him. How strong our faith is. Now, don't be confused, though, because God doesn't tempt you. He doesn't tempt you. That's what the devil does to try to pull you from God. God tests us to pull us closer to him. I even think about Jesus Christ on the cross who experienced the Father's pleasure in being set apart. Matthew chapter 27, 46 says, and about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabatani which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And it was done. And the father was pleased, although his heart 
was greed. Without God setting apart Christ for his pleasure, we wouldn't have a relationship with the Father. Our salvation for our souls would be non-existent. Understand, God is not absent during hardships. God's heart grieves when we go through tests and trials. But it pleases him to set us apart because he knows that it's working for a greater purpose. One of my favorite scriptures is James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith builds perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything. When others see how you endure tests and trials, it draws them closer to Christ. God is pleased when we endure through faith and trust because he knows that we are building maturity and faith. That's the sign of pursuing godliness. I remember when I was a little girl, my aunt used to sing this song and it was called Available to You. And the words were, I'm available to you. My will I give to you. I'll do what you say do. Use me, Lord, to show someone the way and enable me to say, My storage is empty, and I am available to you. God wants to use us. He has a purpose for our lives, but God can only use what's willing to be used. God can only use what's available for him to use. If we don't make ourselves available to him, we won't ever find out what it is he's purposed for us to do. God wants to use you to do something big. The question is, though, are you available? Is your storage empty? Does God have space? in our busy schedules? Do we have, does God have access to your heart? Are your hands and feet available for his use? Each week we've been adopting some spiritual practices and I have a spiritual practice that I would like for us to try. What if we tried this something this week? And we tried the spiritual practice of solitude. Solitude is a deep practice for us in today's society with all of the distractions and the the things that try to deter us away from God. And that's exactly what 
solitude is. Solitude is the act of being free from noise, distractions, people, anything or anyone that could deter you away from hearing from God clearly. So we're going to take either 12 hours, six hours, three hours, or maybe just one. You get in where you fit in. You find the sweet spot that you can find yourself in. You find those hours and you are going to find a place where you can go that is free from any distraction. Allow God to meet you there. Have a conversation with him. Allow him to have a conversation with you. Or if you'd rather, just sit in his presence. God has set you apart for a reason. And I don't know what that is, but he does. But the only way for us to find out what it is, is if we allow ourselves to be secluded with him in his presence. Allow him during your time of solitude to build your faith, to build your maturity. Let's make ourselves available to Jesus this week and allow the Father to reveal to us his pleasure in the purpose that he has for us. Amen? Amen. Amen.